If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. As I always say, I love to hear from viewers, listeners who've got something to expose, got something to say, whether it's just an opinion or it's something that they've seen that they think that we should point out or expose. And one of my followers here at TNT is a fellow by the name of Warwick who sent me something late last year and I was off on holidays for the short time I was and I didn't have a chance to look into it, but I thought today was probably as good a day as any to get him on the line now and talk about what he discovered. It was on Facebook. And, you know, without buttering it up or colouring it, it was a drug selling site. Now, why that is despicable, apart from the fact that they're selling illicit drugs, is the fact that so many of you were taken off the platform, Facebook, because you expressed your freedom of speech, you had views to express about what you thought COVID was all about, or you expressed your views on other issues and were taken off the platform, as you were on the old Twitter, now X, and on other platforms as well. So if you and your free speech is unacceptable, why is a drug-selling site acceptable. Let's find out a little bit more information. Warwick, thank you very much for sending it to me, and thank you. Happy New Year to you. I know he's on there somewhere. Warwick, are you still with me? Why don't, I'll, get, I'll get him back to you, Tim, if I can, back in our studio and see if we can clean up that line because I do want to speak with him about this because it was on Marketplace, and according to what he told me, and I've seen the ads, they were ads for the sale of illicit drugs. Like, how does how is that allowed on somewhere like Facebook, but your free speech is not? Because, you know, you have not spoken truth, according to those who run Facebook, being the truth tellers. I want to go to Siv, who's our next caller. Hi there, Siv. Testing, one, two, three. Are you receiving me? Smith, two, Siv. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Yes, I, I can quite, hear I you loud like... and clear, my friend. I feel like I'm back in the old days of the walkie-talkie when we were about 12, you know. I don't know if you remember those days. Yes, and the walkie-talkies, one of them would always run out of batteries quickly. Yeah. Either that or you'd listen to you'd, uh, you and your brother or whatever it is and be like, so you'd be in one room, he'd be in another room, you'd be chatting away, doing your thing, and then you'd yeah. be somehow, you'd pick up some truckies conversation on the CB radio. I don't know how uh -huh. that worked. But apparently we're able to listen to the truckies. G'day to all our <laughs> truckie mates listening into the program today. True, I, um, true. I had, um, had a couple of things. Well, I had one thing to talk about. Now I just heard the UN boss, so I've now got a second thing to talk about. So it's, it's just given me a free kick because he's now going on, Mr. What's-His-Face, I don't even remember his name. It's that long. Oh, uh, the UN, UN boss, Gutierrez. Yeah, yeah, that Gutierrez, thank you. Yes, um, it's a, it's it's easy for you to say after about fifteen skewies, but uh, <laughs> but uh, this this guy, so he's going on about we've got to have more healthier sort of diets and we're going to go on to plant based stuff all for the good of the planet. You know what? Um, to you people in the UN, I'm going to do exactly the opposite. So I today I just had a big piece of Portuguese chicken with chili sauce on it. Beautiful. Over the next few days, I'm going to probably get another big piece of my favourite favorite piece, probably lamb or something like that. Uh, yeah. So I urge 
every Australian listening into the program, anyone else listening in, by the way, to get yeah. your favourite piece of meat and join me. I want Love people it. to join me in saying, yes. screw you to the UN. It's about time we showed these people what we really think. Yes, let's be beef proud. Let's be beef proud and farming proud. That's right. That's right. Let's, let's not just be beef proud and steak proud and lamb proud and some of you like chicken liver. I love it as well, but others don't. And other things like that. Uh, you know, I think, we should, I think we should be carbon proud. I think we should be turning on our air conditioners. Those of you who have motorcycles, rev them nice and proudly. You do. You've yeah, got a motorcycle. I do. Uh, I think we should. We should. I don't, I don't know how we do this because I've got no idea how to do these things. But I think we've got to show the UN that we really don't give a damn. You've told yeah, us get out of our lives. Get out of our faces. That's right. That's right. I'll go and eat a big piece of meat if I want to. I'll, go, I'll probably eat the most oiliest piece of meat too. Uh, just to show them, because I'm I'm really getting sick of their little directives. Um, yep. You know, and this is we've we've got to do it. I don't know how we sort of get something started here, but I, I think it's about time we did. So that's the first thing yep. I wanted to talk about. Well, you've motivated me. You've motivated me. We were going to have lasagna tonight. I'm going to make sure that the family is on a steak <laughs> diet for at least Monday yes. and Tuesday nights. All right? You yes. motivated me. Yes, yes, and I'd love to hear if there's. I'd love to hear from the chat people as well if they're with us on this too because some of those people are very strident as well and then they're very yep. they're up for the fight so yep. you know those of you on the little chat box thingy which i tried to use and couldn't but those of you who can um i'd like to know if, if you're if you're with us on this because we, we 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 need to fight back so that's the yeah. first thing you've they've excited second thing. and secondly secondly old uh, sleepy joe going on about donald trump being a threat to democracy well, yep. I mean, that comes from the same Joe Biden with an administration that wants to put uh, Donald Trump in jail. Gee, that's democratic. Mm. That comes from the same Joe Biden that's got an FBI that's increased its monitoring of American citizens. Gee, that's democratic. Yeah. That comes he from has the same weaponized the judiciary, and I'm <clears throat> sorry, but the American people should not stand for it. That's right. And that comes from the same uh, Joe Biden. It comes from the same political party that had Hillary Clinton calling everybody a basket of deplorables. Oh, that's really democratic. Yeah, that's 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 really, really democratic. All those Trump supporters are supposed to be a basket of deplorables, according to the Democrats. Gee, Joe, I didn't know you were that democratic in your views. I didn't know that you you stood for democracy and you're going to save us all. Give me a break. Good to talk to you, Chris. Good on you, Siv. Thank you very much. Yeah, in summary, Joe Biden's up to his hips already in quicksand and he's sinking very, very quickly. All right, I've got to take a break. This is TNT. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I've got the member for Hinkler in Queensland, the National Party MP, Keith Pitt, with me. Keith Pitt, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Chris, and to your listeners. And viewers now, I see. Viewers, yes. You, you're not wearing the uh, the Holy T-shirt? Uh, well, not not yet. I had a Brisbane Broncos one on a bit, but it's a bit early for the NRL, I think. It might be <laughs> pixelated a little bit, you know, who knows? <laughs> Just don't wear anything uh, that might strobe now. We've got to worry about strobing, you see. It wasn't a worry in radio in years gone by, but it is now. Um, listen, you're... Um, you wanted to talk about a subject that I have longed to jump onto, which is the, the the falling down, the collapsing of renewable projects, not just in Australia, but right around the world. 
And I have traced in the last six months of 2023 a series of major collapses of renewable wind turbine, off, offshore wind turbine farms off the coast of Scandinavia, off the east coast of New Jersey. Um, there are others in uh, various parts of Europe that have got big question marks over them because when they announced them to the world and flew the green flags of evangelism, they didn't think about the logistics and how how impractical they are and, of course, how much economic sense they make, which is zip. And the same thing has now happened to what was supposed to be Victoria's Wind Hub, Keith, and this is in a place called uh, Port Hastings, this was supposed to be the big, big, big wind hub, leading us all to net zero. Well, their own environment minister, Tanya Plibersek, has brought it all crashing down, and rightly so. Oh, well, round one of Baum versus Plibersek. But, I mean, there's three reasons these big projects fall down around the world. The first one is they don't work. Fundamentally, physics and economics, engineering, they don't work. Uh, they cost a fortune, and, yeah. and none of them are economically feasible without enormous amounts of money from the taxpayer. But this one at Port Hastings, I mean, what an absolute debacle. What a bunch of hypocrites. So this was Victorian Labor's big announcement. Uh, so they're looking at a hard stand and a, a wharf infrastructure for offloading these enormous pieces of equipment. And, and keep in mind, some of the blades are 100 metres long, building towers of 260 metres in height mm. that nobody wants. Right? No one wants to look at this stuff. No. Uh, in a Ramsar-listed wetland where they would have to go and dredge a whole heap of area to be able to make this facility work. And where were the Greens? Nowhere. So they're kayaking out, they're protesting when you're looking at having a floating gas terminal so you can actually get cheap and affordable gas into Victoria given they keep banning gas and gas exploration. Plenty of noise for that, but nothing on this. And so hang on, hang on. The, green, the Greens in Victoria, did, or the Greens federally, did not make a noise about flora and fauna being impacted by these wind turbines. Oh, I gave Zoe McKenzie a call this morning. Uh, she's the member for Flinders down there, replaced Greg Hunt, a very able member of Parliament. She said they have been stony silence. Wow. Nothing. Nothing from the Greens because they think this is great for the environment. Well, guess yeah. what? It's carbon fibre. The blades can't be recycled. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tonnes of concrete. Most of it comes from China. There's no benefit to Australian manufacturing, no, no. and the people of Australia don't want them. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, you think about the, the wind farms, the offshore wind farms that are being set up. Once again, 260 to 300 metres tall. As you say, the, the blades are 100 metres wide. Just, just think about the, the, the mammoth size of these and they want to put 200 here 500 here 600 here it destroys ecotourism it destroys the the fishing industry the locals don't want it because at the end of the day you can put as many as you want up there keith but it won't ensure reliability of energy well that's exactly right and if you want to compare heights it's the sydney harbour bridge right yeah. they're higher than the sydney harbour bridge yeah, yeah you can't yeah. fish around them uh, and they last about 20 years. It's in a really tough environment. It's the ocean. They get covered in salt. And guess what? That's really bad for equipment. It doesn't last terribly long. Uh, and yet we see silence from the Greens on this. Uh, and we see silence from them on the 3,000 acres plus that's being cleared of koala habitat, the Clarks Creek up in Queensland. Yeah. They are absolute hypocrites. They are hypocrites. And they've forgotten about the whales that wash up on the shore of 
uh, the west coast of America. For the forgotten about that, there's no one protesting with a green flag in their hand. I, I want to go back and think about the politics of though of this though in Australia. Chris Bowen wants net zero. He's not going to re- get anywhere near net zero. He would not be happy that Victoria's wind hub has been smashed on the head by one of his colleagues. Oh, you'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Uh, But this is straight out of the Greens playbook. Well, if you can't cancel the project, then attack the supply chain. Stop the supply chain, you stop the project. Uh, And that's what's happened here. Uh, But I think Tanya's actually probably got this right. Uh, It is a Ramsar-listed wetland after all. Yeah. Uh, And the reality of life here is we're building, or the the Labor government is planning to build an electricity network and infrastructure that doesn't work is unreliable, is extraordinarily costly and gets paid for by you and your listeners because without those subsidies, they are not economical to build. They're just not. And then 18 years' time, we have to replace them. Good luck with that project. Good luck with that. I want to talk about a by-election. The first by-election for 2024 looks to be this Victorian federal seat of Dunkley. It'll be a big test for Anthony Albanese's leadership. Uh, governments usually lose around 4% to 5% at by-elections. Um, any more than that next month, month, Keith, and the opposition will have an extra seat, won't it? Well, this is federal Labor's to lose. Uh, and if the voters decide they want to give Mr Albanese a poke in the eye, uh, and they know this won't change the government, I think that this is the location that it will happen. You know, Dunkley is one of those working-class areas. They're hard-working people. They just want common-sense policies. Uh, it'll depend who Labor puts up. It'll depend on who we put up as a candidate. Uh, but any swing against the Labor government here is a direct reflection on them and, and Australia's disappointment with the federal Labor government. Uh, I'd like to see that that seat change hands. It's one we've held previously. Uh, I mean, Bruce Bilson, a former cabinet minister, held it as a marginal seat for That's many years. Right. That's right. Very true. I've got to take a quick break. I want to come back, Keith, and talk to you about what Mike Baird, the former New South Wales Premier, has had to say overnight that politics has lost sight of what is right. There might be some truth in all of that. We'll catch up again with Keith Pitt after a quick break on TNT. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite a emotionally taxing but subsequently liberating. Uh, Certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Back in time, and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, You have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, Cover up what? Russian collusion? 
There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Just before return, we return to Keith Pitt. Um, Siv, one of our callers who mentioned at the start of this hour about the fact that he's rebelling against what the UN want us to do in terms of diet. Well, he's joined by token human Maggie Mack. Maggie Mack has written, Chris, here's a message for Siv. I've started eating bacon and eggs for breakfast, smoked ham sandwich for lunch and steak and baked beans for dinner every day. I'm killing myself and stacking on the kilos, but I don't care. I plan to shove it up the WEF as much as possible and also now am able to power my own mini wind farm. Well done, Maggie. Get with the times. Get with the get with the strength of carbon pride, I think. Good on you, Maggie. Rebel. Don't let uh, Goodyearies tell you how you should run your life. Keith Pitt, now your partners, the Liberals, are uh, copping flack today because they can't find a woman to contest the Queensland Gold Coast seat of McPherson. Do Conservative parties still have a woman problem or is it about finding the best person for the job? Well, hang on, Chris, it's complete nonsense. Uh, the first thing is we can't very well put someone up uh, to be the candidate for McPherson if they don't nominate. Mm. Uh, now, I saw the story today. I don't know who's nominated for McPherson, uh, but the reports are that there's four blokes. Well, you can't very well put up a female candidate if none of them put themselves forward. Mm. Now, the LNP has always had a very proud history. of they, they vote for the person they think is the most capable and the best for the job. Uh, and I don't care if the whole state of Queensland was represented by women. I just want to see the best people who are there for the right reason. Exactly. Who are not coming through as political staffers who have experience, uh, who have been in business, who have worked for a living, who know exactly what it means when you make a decision in Canberra and the impact at the kitchen table. 
Maybe they're too smart, Keith. They know that they don't want to go anywhere near politics. Well, I didn't want to let on, but that's what my wife tells me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't surprise me. Now, former New South Wales Premier Mike Baird says politics has lost sight of what is right. It's a scathing assessment of modern-day political leadership, isn't it, to think that politicians only do what the polls tell them to do. You've got to do what's right. That's what you're voted in to do, right? Well, I'm sure Mike's not talking about me, surely, Chris, uh, because he might want to have a look at what happened on the referendum for The Voice, where the polls all said 60-plus percent support, you can't possibly oppose it. Guess what? We did because it was the right decision. Now, whether this is part of a cunning plan for Mike, I I don't know, for a launch into federal politics. Well, well, let's talk about that. It sounds to me like this could be some kind of entree or appetiser for a launch into the federal political specter. Specter, It's already been mentioned in one of the major newspapers, I think it was The Australian about three weeks ago, that this is where he is headed and he's a free agent ready to offer himself up. Would you see him as a, a viable option at the federal level for the coalition? Oh, absolutely. One of those inner city seats. It'd be great to have someone on board like Mike Baird. Uh, I've got no particular insight. The Libs aren't ringing me for advice, Chris, I've got to tell you. Uh, But (laughs) I I think he'd he'd be a good candidate and any of those seats that he can win and help to form a coalition government, well, that's a great result. But look at Dan Andrews. He only made decisions during the pandemic based on his own private survey work and his own uh, polling. It's appalling when that happens. That's not what we put politicians in to do. It's not what the taxpayers' money is for either. Uh, I mean, we see exactly the same in Queensland. The Queensland Labor government keeps paying for research with the taxpayers' money to make decisions. Well, decisions should be made based on experience and advice uh, and the best advice you can find and at a federal level in the national interest. Now, sometimes that's more difficult than it has to be, but that's the reality. That's why people send you to Canberra. No one sends me there, Chris, to sit around not in my head in furious agreement. Good. (laughs) And unfortunately, I get myself in strife every now and again because that's the case. Yeah, but they keep sending me. I'll keep going. The more you get in strife, it's 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 like um, you know, it's inversely proportional to your worth. I think. I think it's it's great. Now, have you got a prediction for twenty twenty four? Where are we going to end up at the end of this year? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's more disappointment for the Australian people with the Labor government. Uh, I mean, look at the look at the nonsense they're trying to get Australians to swallow when it comes to inflation and costs. Yeah. So the medicine is this. Dams, well, they're they're inflationary. Roads are inflationary. Ports and railways, they're inflationary. But building tens of thousands of kilometres of transmission lines and wind turbines and solar panels, no problems there whatsoever. Won't have an impact on the economy. Uh, I mean, they are absolute hypocrites. And unfortunately, we keep seeing power bills going up. Uh, My wife brought ours out today, $500 almost for the month. Now, that's a fair increase for a, a normal household. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, we've got some pumps and things to run, but you know, every single Australian out there is doing it tough. And it will be a year of subsidies by the Labor government to those people they think will vote for them. Yeah, very true. I have a feeling that he might go early depending on the state of the polls. Do you think that's possible? Oh, that had been my view for quite some time up until the point the referendum was lost. Um, now, I, I think if you look at the calendar for the, for the year, for the sittings of the Parliament and the Senate, there's definitely a couple of gaps in there that are designed by Labor to be able to run to a campaign. Right. So anytime after, I think, the 8th of August is the number uh, and we can be on for a federal campaign right through to the end of May. But they've left people, they've left families, the middle class in particular, high and dry with the cost of living. They won't forget that, Keith. 
Well, real wages are going backwards. Cost of living is going up and bracket creep is killing them. I think it's a $30 billion additional tax take for Jim Chalmers to spend on more subsidies. Mm. I mean, this is the nonsense. How about we get costs down for every Australian, not just yeah. the ones that vote Labor? Yeah, exactly. Hey, fantastic to have you on. I'm sure there's uh, only a part-time work environment in your world at the moment. So um, I'm sorry to take what? some of that. That's an outrageous slur. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's it's only the 9th of, 9th of, or the 8th of, Dece- 8th of January. Come on. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy to do more interviews, Chris. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much for being on the program. Appreciate it. Great to be with you. All right. Fantastic. Keith Pitt. I jest, I jest. Just because they're not in Parliament doesn't mean they're not working, as they always remind us. He is in his office, so he must be working. That's good. Uh, other politicians, though, are out there having a good time, and I guess they, they can, but you've got to get down to work eventually at the beginning of the year. Uh, Keith Pitt, who actually is one of those politicians who had a real job before he got into politics. How good is that? And how novel is that? that they actually had a job. They know what it's like to try and make a buck. He was a businessman, electrical engineer. It's a story I've told before when I've interviewed Keith Pitt. That's why he's a good stick and we like to have him on the program. We'll invite him back time and time again. I got a really nice message sent to me on a social media platform from one of our viewers, listeners, Mick Huxley. And Mick says, you, meaning me, inspire me, Chris, to be a better fighter. I was taken by this. I was quite rapt. He said, 12 days of sepsis. That's, of course, the um, the infection of the blood system, as you know, and can be awfully um, dangerous, can be deadly, sepsis. But he's been in hospital for 12 days with sepsis. He got out yesterday. And now, look, he sent me a photograph. It looks looks like he's, he's in good uh, good nick. In my dark hours, though, I thought of your fight. Thanks for the people you don't even know you impact. You inspire me, Chris, to be a better fighter. How good? I just had to read that because there are people who are trying to clean up their lives as I have done in the last um, 13 months, and uh, Mick is one of those who's followed and give it, got the tip and are doing what they can in their world to get ahead and uh, make a better fist of what they have left, which is fantastic. Good on you, Mick. I hope you're well, and I hope you uh, you don't get that nasty sepsis again because it can be deadly. We'll take a break for news, and then after that, I'll get down to Victoria, and we'll catch up with Renee Heath, MLC, right after some news on TNT. Now, I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. TNT Radio News. News Flash. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Iraq is doubling down on booting America out of the country following a series of deadly U.S. airstrikes. U.S. President Joe Biden has once again been mocked online, with the 81-year-old Commander-in-Chief now needing to be escorted off stage like a child. Doctors are sounding the alarm over a rise in cancer cases in young people. And Australia has outlawed the Nazi salute and the display of Nazi symbols across the country. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk. This is TNT Radio. Thank you, Robert, for contributing to the discussion today. Robert has been part of the chat box on tntradio.live and says, how dare you talk sense, Chris Smith? Thank you, Robert. Um, Guilty as charged. I'm very proud of that. We can talk sense in a world that has very little of it, it appears to me. Let's hope 2024 changes that uh, narrative where we do look for common sense, we do look for understanding, we do look for a balance of interests and policies to try and work out the best way forward. Instead of having this blinkered view, almost this black and white view about how we've got to save the planet, et cetera, et cetera, at any cost. It is dangerous and uh, it's got to stop. We will do our best to get that right. Now, I'll get to Renee Heath in just a second. I want to get back to Warwick, who we almost got onto at the start of the program, but we've tried to clean up the line and get him in in a better position to hear what he's got to say. So, Warwick, you were looking at Marketplace. Tell us the story. Yes, I was looking at Marketplace, and this big uh, picture of a bowl of marijuana came up. So I clicked it to see what it was because uh, I just wanted to see it. And then it came up, how can we help you today? And then uh, I said, what's your site about? And then and they said, well, we deliver marijuana, cocaine, methamphetamines, tablets, credit cards, counterfeit notes, everything to your door, or you can come pick it up all around Australia. So he said, what location am I in? And I said, Bankstown. He said, oh, that's great. I'm just down the road from you. And then he says, do you want anything now? I can deliver it straight away. So, of course, I disengaged from the the conversation. But, yeah, I just couldn't believe that you could buy all of this. And it's called the Exotic House. It's got all of the pictures. It's got all of the links, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all, all of the links. You see? So now, here, we've got, here we've got a federal government in Australia, and to a large degree they're trying to do it in the United States as well to try and put the clamps on social media platforms from telling, you know, porkies or, 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 or not telling their truths. And yet we allow this to get to, to, to go on. Now, when, when you say marketplace, was it someone who's posted on marketplace or was it an ad? It would have been a paid ad, wouldn't it? Yeah, a paid ad. So it's gone through Facebook's filter. Yeah, exactly. So that is worse because they someone, know when they took the booking that they should not have. And approved it. Yes, exactly. So they where are be the police? Stop- where, where is someone in the New South Wales police force looking at social media and trying to work out who the crooks are? Oh, exactly, exactly. And then plus Facebook is more children. Children have got access to it and everything because it's uh, under 18 and all that type of thing and uh, families and all that type of stuff. And then you're virtually inviting the underworld to your house if you accept that uh, that link, you understand? Yeah. We're going to put in a call to the New South Wales Police Commissioner's office and find out whether they know about it, 
whether they intend to do anything about it and whether they intend to, you know, make representation to Facebook and try and get them to do the right thing. They'll they'll very quickly take your so-called untruths off Facebook, Warwick. They'll they'll almost, yep. you know, they'll bring down your account for 50 days because you misspoke or your uh, or what they think is the truth was not followed by your free speech, but they won't touch something like this that sells cocaine uh, and false passports, and obviously, and false credit cards. They won't stop that. Like, where's the where's the fairness in in that regime? Well, I've also got uh, my friends in Manila, so it's going to hit Australia eventually. So uh, he called. They call it Grab. So it's an Uber over there. So he calls the car, and uh, instead of the car, two guys rocked up in a motorbike and robbed him of his new iPhone and his wallet and money. And the guy cancelled the uh, trip for the pickup. So what they're doing, they're locating because obviously, if you're in a secluded area, they'll say, "Well, there's the mark," and they'll give the information to the people that are robbing you on the motorbike, and uh, it's a quick getaway. So that's yet to come to Australia, most probably. Well, no, I've heard it occur. I've heard it occur, and a police officer told me about it about two years ago that it was occurring, whereby you order your Uber, you say you want to go to the airport, you pick up your bags, you say you're on your way to Las Vegas or wherever you're going, and sure enough, as you're being taken to the airport, he's got two mates at that house breaking in, taking your belongings. Chief, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's The list is never ending. Yeah. Hey, Warwick, we'll do anyway, something about what you've uncovered, by the way. Okay, fantastic. Well, great to hear you. I hope you uh, have a great idea. It's good that the call dropped out because it proves that uh, TNT radio is unscripted, you see? So it's fantastic. <laughs> it is very. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Appreciate that, Warwick. We'll do our best. We'll make representation to the police commissioner and find out whether they know about it or whether they're going to do anything about it at the same time. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back after that and speak with Renee Heath, MLC. So many issues going on at the moment, such at an early stage in the year, and uh, we'll jump on those right after a break on TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal, just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness. Confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker, new from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. 
where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Now, all of those who appear in the early part of January on a program such as mine um, always get a big tick because it's a difficult time. People are kind of half working and half finishing off projects, maybe bringing down Christmas decorations, packing things away, doing like um, spring cleaning in winter or or summer, depending on which hemisphere they're in, to try and get ready for the year ahead. So I do appreciate it. And that includes you, Renee Heath, MLC, the Upper House Liberal Party MP for Eastern Victoria. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. I can't believe it. 2024. You're ready? 2024. Have you got used to saying it? Usually I have a problem in working out what year it is in January and maybe even half of February, but I've found it easier to say this time. I actually think that was the first time I've ever said it. So you heard it first here on TNT Radio. <laughs> it's not hard. And I to checked say. the bottom of my computer screen to make sure I got it right. <laughs> now, my eyes aren't too flash, which is why I've got glasses on. But in the background there, have you not taken your Christmas decorations down? No, that's a, that's some sort of indoor plant. I couldn't tell you what it is. It does look very festive. From, it does, it does but look it's festive. not. We're not that festive here. It's a, it's a plant. It's a plant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the Christmas decorations have come down, have they? Oh, look, there was a couple of Christmas cards scattered around and that was about it. So right. <laughs> not too much here. And did you get a chance to get around outside of your uh, your place of residence and have a break? Yeah, I really did. So I had the full week off between Christmas and New Year, really. Like there was a few things on in town, but it all felt like a, a break and it was just wonderful. Went cherry picking and right. a, ate a whole lot of food, like pavlova, you know, really healthy things. Oh, just ate best. my weight in sweets, drank plenty of coffee, caught up with friends and read plenty of books. So it was a really nice week. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to go. That's good. Despite the pavlova, everyone's got to have pavlova <laughs> in Australia though, don't they? Christmas time. I have an awful lot of it. It's unbelievable. I think I would have had pavlova every single day between Christmas and New Year. So Love it, is what it is what uh, yeah. For those uh, American audiences, you might have to look up pavlova. I can't explain it to you. Um, yeah. Now, a little bit more seriously, you've got places in Bendigo in central Victoria, a place where I spent uh, two years of my life where um, roads are being, um, you know, ro- roads and bridges seem to be underwater. I've had a look at some of the warnings about further downpours in the next 24 hours. There's some real emergencies going on. What have you heard about how bad it's got? Yeah, look, it's, um, it's extremely wet all over the whole state. In fact, the power's been off here at my place twice already today, and right. that's not even the worst in the in the state. So there's been flood warnings throughout most of Gippsland. And as you would have known, the last week was quite bad here, but now it's more moved up to central and northern Victoria. Right. And the next 24 hours, people really are just watching and, and waiting. Um, it should then, from what I've heard, should then pass. But I guess the main message is, is just don't drive through floodwaters. Mm. So that is the main warning. That is the one thing that will um, is the biggest thing that will keep you safe, but will also take a lot of pressure off our emergency services work um, workers. And if you're camping, I don't know why you'd be camping in this weather, but no. just don't camp near waterways or under trees. And and that's sort of the main take home messages. Our emergency services are just doing an incredible job, and they have had a terrible time um, over this holiday season. You would have seen the road toll has just been absolutely 
devastating. Yeah. So we've just got to stay safe and be a bit more mindful. I understand that people just want to get places, but you've just got to slow down and be very careful. Well, it shouldn't be too hard for Victorians to lock down because they've had so much experience, of course. Oh, well, practice makes perfect. We should be very good. I think we're rebelling against it maybe because of that. (laughs) Yes, that could be the problem. That could be the problem. Now, I I read this story today in uh, your neck of the woods. Desperate parents are booking doctor appointments for their children interstate due to lengthy paediatrician wait lists, which have prompted some specialists to close their books to new patients or advertise delays of more than a year, a year, For consultations, it's feared young patients are missing out on important early intervention for conditions such as autism spectrum disorder or that sinister diseases are going undiagnosed. I thought Victoria had spent, you know, more than the uh, United States budget on health in the last five years. You should have the best in the world. A year to wait for an appointment? Yeah, and as you know, Victoria is not good at managing what we do have. So this has been a major concern and one that's been brewing for a really long time. And as you know, I've worked in the health space and I've seen a lot of this firsthand. And I've worked with many anxious parents and children while they've waited for appointments and not just children. Um, I had a a former patient contact me mid last year and it was a devastating story. His wife had terrible shoulder pain. And in between the referral time when she got that, the referral, then when she was able to see the specialist, during that time, they found out it was cancer and it was too late by the time she got into treatment. So this is an issue that is absolutely massive. It's detrimental and it's one that we've really got to get on top of. And this is why I'm a huge advocate for allied health services. And often allied health services are underutilised When I was practicing as a chiropractor, I had some incredible colleagues around the area who had undergone extensive postgraduate training in areas like functional neurology, pediatric development, pediatric neurology, things like this, treatment of social and behavioral disorders. And they are a resource that are really untapped. And I think, well, when you think about it, allied health professionals have spent generally between four and six years at university. And it would be great if we could see them contributing more to these kids in need. So they would never replace a paediatrician, but they might be able to start implementing some interventions that will really benefit these kids and make life easier in the long run. And I'm going to take this opportunity to say that that's why I believe, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but RMIT have been the only university that have provided um, training for chiropractors who see thousands and thousands um, of patients a week. They also, and Chinese medicine. And without any consultation, they single-handedly just decided to axe the program. I heard that. I heard that before Christmas. Yes. And this is this is really wrong because at a time like this, it's allied health professionals that take the pressure off an already crumbling healthcare system. And according to the Commonwealth Grant Scheme, and the funding agreement, universities must consult before closing a higher education course that's been operating for more than two years. However, the Vice-Chancellor just single-handedly made the decision to end the chiropractic program and, I believe, the Chinese medicine one. So he didn't consult with students, didn't consult with the professional profession, and didn't consult with key stakeholders. And since then, I've asked the parliament, well, 
He didn't consult with the federal government. Did he consult with the state government? And so far, the answer has been no. So that is a huge breach. Yeah. And I think that we are in a we are in a crisis point where there's plenty that this state doesn't have. There really is. We should be doing better. There shouldn't be the wait list that they there are. But there's also plenty that we do have, and we've got to be able to use that well. And I think you know, axing a course like that is just it's like it's really stupid. Yeah, you've got to build the pressure. We, you've got to build the pressure on RMIT over this because you've got to also consider that there are school leavers who've had it in their minds to go to RMIT to, yes. to go through these courses and, and pursue the kind of career that you did. Oh, absolutely. And it's it was a long-held dream of mine. I still remember that day when I got the offer. It was like, oh, my word, I cannot believe it. It was my biggest dream come true. Right. And since this decision has been made, I've had so many young people reach out to me with the same, and that whole um, that whole idea has sort of been dashed, and they're feeling really lost. But there's plenty that we have, and we need to capitalise on that. And allied health professionals, such as chiropractors, physios, Chinese med, social workers, naturopath, dietitians, they can help a huge cohort of these kids that are suffering from behavioural, emotional and development disorders while they're waiting to see a paediatrician. And I think that that just should be said because what RMIT have done is really going to add pressure to a healthcare system that, we're seeing, well, we've known it for a long time, but we're reading it this week that it is really failing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen any coverage of this in mainstream. Has it hit mainstream yet? No, unbelievably it hasn't. So I've asked the the um, parliament about it. They haven't. So I think it's something that we've really got to begin to push. And, and I don't know why it has been so quiet. Okay, mm-hmm. we can we can do something about that behind the scenes. Now, I spoke with Keith Pitt a little earlier about the cancellation of the federal government's great wind hub at Port Hastings. Uh, this look, just looking at the other side of it. Forget the federal pol- political side of it, and forget the arguments that are now going to go on between Chris Bowen and Tenya Plebiscic. Forgetting all of that, um, and the fact that you know no one did their due diligence before announcing that this project would go ahead. Uh, especially when it comes to flora and fauna. What what about the local industry? What about people who are looking forward to this project? They were given a false sense of security and hope, weren't they? Absolutely. And locals have been raising these exact issues for, well, I've heard them all, all of last year, these exact issues, and they've been largely ignored by the government. And their voice has been ignored. I've raised it in Parliament my voice has been ignored. Now, I am not for or against wind turbines, but what I am for is cheap, reliable energy and jobs. And I have asked, will this program be able to be able to provide either of those things? And I've got, yes, yes, absolutely, the whole way along. Yet now it turns out it won't provide either because it won't even go ahead. Now, this is the problem with governments that make decisions based on ideology ideology rather than practicality. True. This was never practical. They make major blunders and locals get caught in the crossfire. And sadly, my constituents in the Eastern Victoria region have been caught in the crossfire of many of Labor's just major terrible decisions. As you know, eight days ago, it became illegal to harvest native timber industry in our state. Yep. 
And then when that was coming up, people were saying, oh, but we're going to have this amazing project at the Port of Hastings. When I asked how many jobs that would provide, it was well 200 to 400. That just isn't even a drop in the ocean. And now that's not going to go ahead. But devastating. It is devastating. And I, I believe that what people are seeing now is people are tired of Labor's virtue signaling mm. and Labor's ideology, which is causing thousands of jobs in regional Victoria. And I'm really annoyed that the questions that they've been asked over at least the last year that I've been in this role, have they have completely ignored them. They haven't put any logical thought into this. And because of that, more Eastern Victorian region constituents are going to be out of a job because of it. So I just think it's ridiculous. We've got to put people back in the centre of our politics and we've got got to begin to debate ideas again. So these things are filtered out before it gets to something like this. Yeah. Before you start raving your evangelical green flag, how about you just pick up the telephone and say, hey, environmentally, are we going to get through here? Hey, Mr. Yeah. Hey, Mister ADF chief, are we going to interrupt any kind of safety codes or safety um, communication signals by setting up this here? Um, you know, uh, it's a couple of calls you need to make to get a prima facie understanding of whether projects like this have legs or not, but they just announce it because they want to be seen to be green. Exactly. And the other thing that, and this is probably old news because it was like early last year I had this conversation, but every single thing that you see above the water has to be replaced every 10 years. Yeah. So these are huge, huge structures. Like they are absolutely massive. The manpower that takes, the new material that takes. I asked somebody that was doing a presentation, I said, if all of that has to be rebuilt every 10 years, how on earth is this going to reduce our electricity costs? Of course it's not. He legitimately laughed, tapped me on the head and said, oh, honey, nobody thinks it's going to reduce costs. So if that's what is well known, why on earth are we telling people lies and yeah. telling them that it will, when full well, we know, well, it's not. It's going yeah. to cost a whole lot more and won't be as reliable. Yeah. Well, I'm more interested in who's calling you honey. You're supposed to be an MLC. <laughs> what, what sort of disgraceful communication is that? Hey, listen here, honey. This yeah, is like, your depth. It, it was kind of funny, actually. I appreciated it. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that easily Can we just talk Golden Globes for a second? Because yes. For some reason in the last 12 months, I know why, because I'm not working as hard, but um, in the last 12 months, I don't have, uh, I haven't had three jobs to work at seven days a week. So I've actually seen a little bit on television and on streaming services for a change. And the Golden Globes, we've got an Australian winner in Elizabeth Debicki. She took out Best Supporting Actress in a television series for her betrayal of Princess Diana in The Crown. She beat Meryl Streep. This is an outstanding win. I watched, I didn't watch the entire series, but I watched four episodes. She was better than even Princess Diana was Princess Diana. Well, there you go. I have to admit, you and I must have swapped roles. And this, over the last year, I haven't had any time to watch TV. And I Uh, don't even, I'm a bit embarrassed to say it. I don't even know who she is. But what about Barbie? Didn't you go and see Barbie, Renee? Well, I haven't seen Barbie. I was meaning to see Barbie. You haven't seen Open Meyer? I I'm a bit embarrassed. I'm not answering uh, any more questions. All work <laughs> and no play makes Renee a very dull <laughs> honey. You know what I mean? 
I know exactly, exactly. I'm quite dull, so there you go. <laughs> uh, the best actor in a. Did you watch Succession? Can we please change conversation? Oh, this is just embarrassing. <laughs> we need to give you a life back. Gee, whiz. I do need to get a life. I'm, I don't. I don't deny it. <laughs> Be- best actor in a drama. For those of you who watch Succession, which is just full on great, almost uh, bloodthirsty corporate entertainment. Um, Kieran Culkin. Yes, brother of Macaulay Culkin. Uh, he played. Oh, I Ruffman. know who that is. Are you proud of me? <laughs> Very good. That's excellent. Outstanding. Um, yes, thank you. He played Roman in Succession, and he is one best actor in a drama. And I got to say, I couldn't think of anyone who deserved it more. He was a terrible character. He was fantastic. Oh, well, um, that's fantastic. I did watch the first half an hour of The Crown last night because I. It was a New Year's resolution that I better go on the exercise bike, and I hate it. So I thought yeah. maybe if I'm watching TV, but I only made half an hour. So there you go. <laughs> so you didn't, you wouldn't have caught Prince, you wouldn't have caught Elizabeth no. Debicki. No. Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, what a waste of a topic that is on you. Gee whiz. I know. I'm very sorry. Try it on the next person. Hopefully I'll do better. <laughs> oh, dear. Gee whiz. But anyway, look, um, apparently Margot Robbie did not get Best Actress, uh, although they expected her to get it for Barbie, but Barbie won for Best Direction and a couple of other things. But Oh, there you go. And she'd have to get Best Dressed because I do see her outfits and oh, they are just amazing. So wasn't she, she my brilliant? best on ground for that. Fantastic. That was just <laughs> great. She, she was the best on the red carpet. At least you paid Absolutely. attention to something. That's great. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Renee Heath, great to have you on. Thanks for kicking us off for 2024, and we hope to c- catch up with you regularly. And um, all the very best. Thank you, and here's to a wonderful year. So I'll see you next week. Thank It'll you. It'll be great. Good on you. Thank you, Renee. Appreciate that. Renee Heath, Liberal Party Upper House MP for Eastern Victoria, which uh, is having uh, having some flood problems at the moment, but mainly it's centred around central Victoria in a place called Bendigo, which is smack bang in the middle of Victoria, a place I work for two years. I worked in television in Bendigo and uh, I've still got friends there, but um, terrible to think that roads are being washed away and so are bridges as well. Um, I've got some time to tell you about this. Um, If you're reading anything today from the uh, newspaper, you've got to read the New York Post and read the article by Michael Pompeo. He's written something about Joe Biden. He says, as Americans rang in the new year, Regimes hostile to the United States made clear just how much President Biden has let U.S. deterrence decay. And this goes back to why we've got two wars in the world, at the uh, because of the weakness of the White House and the weakness of the Biden administration. In his end-of-year press conference, Russian President Vladimir Putin reiterated his commitment to subjugating Ukraine in his effort to rebuild the Soviet Union, emphasising the level of our ties with China is at an all-time high. North Korea's chairman Kim Jong-un laid out his plans to accelerate nuclear weapons production. And then Iran's multi-front attacks on the Jewish state, the Ayatollah's officials declared America will not be spared if Israel's campaign to eliminate Hamas continues and will be faced with extraordinary problems if we oppose Houthi disruption of commercial shipping in the Red Sea. And it talks about why the Biden administration has brought this upon themselves and placed the American people, quote, in peril. Read the article from Pompeo because it really puts into 
context exactly why we've got so much strife with wars around the world at the moment. It's because of the weakness of the White House. And for goodness sake, let's not make that continue. I've got to get out of here. Dean Mackin is up next. Katie Hopkins soon after him. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow right here on TNT. TNT.